let's pray and let's go ahead and get into the word of God. Father God, we come before you, Father God, and we thank you for your word, Father God. We thank you for your truth that makes us free. Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus that eyes would be opened, ears open and hearts receptive, Father God, so that we see and hear exactly what you want us to see and hear. Holy Spirit, give us revelation knowledge in the name of Jesus. We ask that there would be a free flow of your spirit and of your anointing upon me and in this place in the name of Jesus. We ask you that it will be easy to get out what you want said and what you want done. Show us things that we have not seen before and things that we have seen before, we ask that you make it more clear, more real to us than it ever has been. And we purpose not to just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. And we thank you for it. We thank you that we'll be blessed as we do your word in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 Go with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter six <clears throat> Hebrews chapter six now we uh, started a new series last week and I'm already changing the title of the series and uh, I think we were calling it hope fulfilled but instead of calling it hopeful hope fulfilled, we're going to call it the key to your hope fulfilled or the key to hope fulfilled. And what's the key to your hope being fulfilled? You guys remember we talked about it last week. We started off. What's the key to your hope being fulfilled? Diligence. Diligence is the key to your hope fulfilled. Thank you for that one participant. But diligence is the key to your hope being fulfilled. And uh, so now we should be excited about this series. I, I know it doesn't initially sound exciting. Ooh, diligence. But it is. And actually, you know who it wouldn't be exciting to? Who doesn't want to hear about diligence? What kind? Yes, the lazy person. The lazy person doesn't want to hear about diligence. They're like, oh, talking about diligence. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to go to church today. Well, if you, if, you, if you thought that and you didn't show up, everybody might would know, oh man, that person, that person is lazy. They don't want to learn about diligence, you know? Or if you got upset or got mad about it, everybody might know, man, they don't want to hear about diligence, you know? So that must be a lazy person. So even if you don't like to hear about this, you just smile, nod your head and stuff, and then people will know, hey, hey, they, they want to be diligent. And even if we have been diligent, we can get more diligent, right? But all of us have areas that we have been lazy, that we've been slothful, that we've been sluggish. And the more I study this, the more I see uh, how important this is and the more I'm getting excited about it because like I said before, I was ready to talk about something else. I was ready to get in to another topic completely different than this. And then the Lord started bringing this to my heart and I started thinking about it and looking at it. And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, I, I, I see that. And I just, you know, as we do, we just step out in faith and start. I don't know how many, you know, messages of this I'm going to do. 
I don't always, you know, I haven't done that where I've planned, I'm going to talk about this four times or this five times. And I feel like we should talk about it until we're done with it until the Lord says it's time to go on to the next thing. And, you know, we've, we've, you know, fed on it for a certain amount of time. I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. But the more I get into this, I'm seeing that, man, God is preparing us for something. And in order for him to get us to the place where he wants us to be, we're going to have to learn about being diligent. We're going to have to have some diligence about us so that he can even get us to the place where we're supposed to be so that he can give get us to the level we're supposed to be at okay so ephesians 6 starting in verse 11 i'm reading from the new king james version and it says and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until you get tired no until the end until the end. The NIV says it this way, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. What you hope for may be fully realized. How many want what they're hoping for to be fully realized, right? Amen. You know, and actually, if you look at this and the context is talking about your salvation, you know, you, uh, your, the, this hope until the end, until the Lord comes back. And that's just part of it. Your salvation is not just going to be with the Lord. How I many you know salvation is a broad thing? You know, salvation, I mean, uh, we're not going to do a, a study on the word sozo and what that means but that includes healing peace of mind that includes your well-being that includes more than just your spirit being saved in the end and going to heaven okay but the expanded bible translation that's uh, of hebrew 6 11 says this we want desire for each of you to go on with the same hard work demonstrate the same zeal diligence all your lives until the end. So you will surely get what you hope for or until your hope is fulfilled and attained. And that's the name of the series. Diligence, the key to hope fulfilled. So what is the key to our hope fulfilled? Just gave you the answer. Diligence. I want us to remember that. I want you to remember that. You think about it. You're believing for something. You're expecting something. You need to think Okay, what do I need to be diligent in? What do I need to be doing to be diligent so that what I am hoping for, what I'm expecting is fulfilled, it is realized, it ex it's experienced. And when we talk about hope, we're not talking about wishes, okay? We're not saying, oh, I, I wish this would happen and I wish I had this. No, hope is a confident expectation. It's because when you are in faith, when you are believing God and you've heard from the Lord about something, whether by his spirit or in the word of God, you are confidently expecting, you are in hope. And the key to our hope being fulfilled is diligence, okay? Without that diligence, we're not going to see what we're hoping for be fulfilled. Let's continue. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. 
says do, that you do not become sluggish. And in, in a lot of modern translation, it says what? Lazy. What's the opposite of diligence? Lazy, right? Being lazy. Now, if you're like me, I don't know. I've read that verse, I don't know how many times, <laughs> a bunch of times, a lot of times. And I don't know. I think I just kind of bypassed the, that part where it says, do not become sluggish or do not become lazy. And I never really focused on it. I mean, I, I knew it was there and I knew it was important, but for some reason or another, I just focused on the part that says through faith and patience, you inherit the promises and probably more so the faith part, you know, but patience, diligence, you know, they, they work together. They, you know, uh, patience has to do with persisting, persevering, okay, enduring, and that requires diligence. And that means you can't be lazy, right? So, so that you obtain the promise. And, but I guess when I read it, I just assume, wrongly assumed that that laziness doesn't apply to me. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking when I, when I read that before. And you probably done the same thing is that you just kind of thought, well, I'm not lazy. And you just go ahead and read it. But he's saying, don't be sluggish. Don't be lazy. So is that something that we need to find out about? Is that something that we need to be on guard about? We need to look at like, wait a minute, what? This laziness can prevent from me prevent me from obtaining the promises of God. This laziness could hinder my faith. Man, if that's so, we need to find out what that is. We need to find out what we could be doing that could be hindering the promises of God in our lives, what we could be doing that could be uh, hindering our hope being fulfilled. Okay. Now, last week we started to define what diligence is. You guys remember that? And I don't think we got very far, um, but that's what we need to do. We need to continue finding out what diligence is. So I want to kind of review some of the words um, of what diligence means, what it means to be diligence diligent, to do things diligently. We want to look at what that means. In the Old Testament, the word for diligent, you'll see words like this, holy. And when I mean holy, not H-O-L-Y, but holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y means, uh, or another word is completely. You're doing it whole, complete. So what does that mean? You're not doing it just half, hearted. You're, you're, you're not just starting it and not finishing it. You are, it's a complete, you're doing it completely, holy, okay? Speedily and early. Those are some of the words, speedily and early. What, what does speedily mean? That means you're doing it, you're not lollygagging around, right? You're not just milling around. You're not just taking your time. You're, you're giving some speed to it. You're doing it as quick as you can. Not, not, to, not that you're doing it um, carelessly, but you are not just taking your sweet time and making everybody wait on you and just, uh, yeah, I'll do it when I get to it, you know, and just, and as you're doing it, you're just, uh, whatever. There's no energy involved. No, speedily, speedily, say speedily. And early, say early. early. Early, what does that mean? Early, that's, that's pretty obvious. Early means you're not late, right? You're not tardy. You are early. You're on time. You're prompt. 
You're, you're there. You're, you're ready to go to work. You're ready to do what you need to do early. Early is not on, early is not at the time they say to be there. Early is before that, right? That's early. That's early, okay? Diligent people are people that you don't have to wait on. You know, I know that's one of the things that I've learned in, in, in ministry and just in life is um, I've seen men of God that if they had to wait on people, they, somebody wanted to meet with them, they wanted to meet with them for counseling, they want to meet with them because they have a question or something. I've seen where people have been late. They want to meet with the pastor, okay? They need questions answered and they were late. And I've seen pastors say, well, I'm leaving. I mean, if, if my time is not important to them, why should their situation be important to me if they're not going to honor and value my time? You guys see that? See, diligent people are not people that you have to wait on. They're not, oh, where are they now? What's going on? We have to wait on them again. See, when uh, lazy people are consistently late and tardy and they always have an excuse, they always have a reason. Man, this happened. You know, I, I, I overslept. The alarm clock never goes off for some reason. Or they, they always have an excuse. Now, there's once in a great while, there's a legitimate reason to be late. Once in a great while, right? Like once maybe every five years. You, there's a, legi- <laughs> a legitimate reason to be late. Because if you plan and you're diligent, you know wait a minute. Now you, you guys are laughing, but I'm serious. You, you know, wait a minute, I'm going where there's traffic. So I should plan ahead. Diligent people plan ahead. Diligent people think of those things ahead of time. Diligent people don't wait up until the morning and say, oh yeah, I got to leave in 10 minutes. I better get dressed. What am I going to wear? No, diligent people plan those things ahead of time. See, when you're not diligent and when you're lazy, you just lollygag around and waste time and everybody's got to wait on you. That's disrespectful. And that's not being diligent. Uh, the, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says diligent is with care. With care. What does that mean? That you do things with care. That you're treating it with care. Like this matters to you. This is important. Okay? Um with again with speed speedily watchfulness watchfulness scrupulously now i know that's not a word we use every day but you guys know what that means scrupulously scrupulously looking into something that means that means you are taking care of it that when you do something that you are not just doing it uh you know haphazardly you are taking diligent care to make sure what you're doing you are being very careful in what you're doing. You're not just doing it just to get it over with, to say you did it. You want to make sure that you're doing it right, okay? And earnestly, that's, you know, we talked about that a little bit last week, with zeal, with, you know, with energy, and then with haste, okay? So do you guys want to be diligent so far? Or you want to be the lazy, lazy people? No, diligent, and we're diligent, right? We're on our way to be, now all of us, Again, I'm going to repeat this a number of times. All of us have areas where we've been dili- where we've been lazy and where we've been diligent, 
right? So it's not, no need to think about anybody else you know, like, yeah, I mean, I wish so-and-so was here in this message. No, we need to look at ourselves. We need to examine ourselves and say, okay, where have I been lazy, all right? Now, when I said diligent is early, that doesn't always mean, you know, 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. It just depends on what's going on. That can mean that, but diligent can mean 6 p.m., right? It can mean 3 p.m. It just depends on when you're supposed to be there and what you're supposed to be doing and what's going on. Now, some New Testament words for diligence, the Bible definition uh, for diligence is haste, earnestly, passionate, zeal, and with speed. So I'm just giving you a, you know, because there's different words in the Hebrew than there are in the Greek, but you can see they overlap in a lot of the same things, all right? So shall we do, how should we do things unto the Lord? Do you think we should do them lazily or do you think that we should do them passionately with zeal, with some diligence? You think there should be some diligence involved in what we're doing unto the Lord? Actually, in Ezra, um, go to Ezra real quick, real quick. Ezra is in Ezra chapter 7. Ezra is in the Old Testament after 2 Chronicles. So in case you... <laughs> I know your Bible may not just fall open to Ezra, but first, second Samuel, second, you know, first, second Kings, and then first, second Chronicles, Ezra chapter seven. You guys there? Ezra chapter seven, verse 23, it says, whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of the God of heaven. Do you guys see that? Let it be diligently done. I'm, I was reading from the King James Version. Let it be diligently done, not half-heartedly, not lazily. Whatever we're doing for the God of heaven, how should it be done? It should be done diligently, right? When the Lord calls us to do something, when he asks us to do something, it should be done with some energy, right? It should be done with some effort. We should do it wholly, completely. We should give passion to it. We should, we should be early. We should be prompt. You know, some people, a lot of Christians, when it comes to the things of God, they treat it much different than they do their own things, than their own things, and sometimes even their own careers. When it has to do with them being advanced, them being entertained, them being satisfied, man, they'll give a lot of energy. They'll be on time. You know, they'll, they'll be early. They'll do it with passion. But when it comes to the things of God, they're kind of like, yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll be there, you know, when I can get there. You know, I, I'm busy. I got things going on. You know, the church calls on them to do something and they're, they're just no energy involved. They're late. They're just, you know, there when they get there and they have this, I don't care type attitude. And the thing is, is they want the church to be there for them. They want the church to be there when they need the church, but they're not there for the church when the church needs them. When the Lord needs them to do something, they're not, they're not there for the church. But, oh, you know, because uh, you ask them, hey, can you come help and do this? 
well, I got these activities going on. And if it don't interfere with that, you know, and I usually play basketball on this day and usually, you know, go work out this day. And I usually go fishing and hunting during this time of the year. But if it don't interfere with that, I'll be there for you, Pastor. I'll be there. I'll be there on time and I'll help you. Well, see, that, no, that's wrong priorities. And that th- people think the church is supposed to be there for them. No, that's wrong. We are there to build the church. We are here to build the church. The Lord didn't put uh, us on earth so the church can just cater to all our needs. The Lord put us on earth so that we can advance the church, so that we can be there for him, so that we can advance the kingdom of God. Yeah, the church is going to be there for you. Yeah, the church is going to help you. People, when we're we're talking about people, the church is people. But people want uh, the church to be there for them. And they're not willing to be as dedicated and committed as they want the church to be dedicated and committed to their lives. And that's not right. That's not right. The Lord, the Bible says whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, it should be what done diligently. Do you guys see that? It should be diligently done. Diligently done. You know, it shouldn't have we shouldn't have this. Who cares? I don't care. It's not a big deal when we're doing things for the Lord. that's not how we are supposed to be. If we're going to be diligent, we care. We do it as unto the Lord. You know, we do it in faith as unto him, right? And, And how we do one thing, that is how we do everything. How we do one thing is how we do everything. If you are, if you are lazy in one area and just not diligent, that carries over into other areas. You guys ever heard that before? How you do one thing is how you do everything. It's, it's important. Diligence is, needs to be a way of life for us. It's, it needs to be the way we think. We think I'm diligent. I, I do things with care. I do things earnestly. I'm early. I'm not late. I'm on time. I'm not, uh, who cares? You know, it, it, that's good enough. It's just for the church. That's the wrong attitude. That's a bad attitude. We should be doing things more with more zeal, more earnestness, more uh, strength and energy for the Lord than we do for ourselves, than we do for our careers, the things that would advance us. We need to give more attention to it. Amen. You see that more. Go to Proverbs. Uh, well, yeah, Proverbs. Well, let me see here. Where are you guys at? In Ezra? Well, yeah, go to Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one. You know, we're people of faith and, you know, we're believing God to increase. We are believing this has a huge part of us increasing. We're believing God to increase us. Right. We want the Lord to increase us in every area and we want him to increase us financially so we could be a bigger blessing to people, a bigger blessing to the kingdom of God. We want to be increased so that we can have all our needs met so we can advance the work of the Lord on this earth. Right. But the more success that you have, the greater the temptation is to be lazy and to not be as diligent. Did you guys hear that? The more you get success, the more money comes, the more opportunities and more favor, the more success you have. There is a temptation to not be as diligent as you were before. And that's something that we have to be on guard for. There's a danger 
in the success, okay? And the more success you have, the greater the temptation. Proverbs 1, 32, you'll see this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32, and I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Prosperity of fools shall destroy them. You know, diligence is not something we do until we receive the things that we want. Diligence has to be a way of life. Diligent is who we are. That, that becomes who we are, who we are. That becomes our nature. We're diligent, not just until we get the things that we want. We're diligent through till the end, till we go home to be with the Lord. And it says what the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. So it's not the prosperity that destroys them. It's the prosperity of the what? The foolish person, the fool. Why would that be that the foolish person's prosperity destroys them? Because a foolish person, you know, person comes into some great sum of money. You've seen this where people win the, the lottery. And then in a couple years, they're broke. And then they're in worse condition than they were before they had all that money. They can win millions of dollars. But see, they're still a fool. They're still dumb. You can't take the, you can't, even though they have all this money, that don't fix the fact that they're a fool. You know, because what happens in situations like that is people then have uh, the opportunity to focus on themselves more. They can do all the things that they've been wanting to do and that they've dreamed of and that they watched uh, on TV and seen happen and they've dreamt about. And now they have the more money to focus on that and to do that. And what happens is they become lazy, they become comfortable, and they're not diligent. And the prosperity of the fools, it destroys them. It destroys them. See, we want to get to a place, and we're believing God, we want to be at a place where, and God can actually take us to the place where we have more than enough, where we have investments, we have opportunities, and we have you know, finances coming into us so that we can focus on the kingdom, so that we can focus on doing his work. But if you're not careful, you could get lazy. You could get to a place where you are not diligent, where you have, you know, money that's coming in and, and you're not really necessarily having to punch a clock every day and you're kind of self-sustained as far as your investments and things, you could get lazy. See, the, the, when you have the ability to do whatever you want, what you choose to do, the choices you make, that reveal your heart. When you have the ability to do whatever you want, the choices you make reveal your character. It reveals your heart. See, we, we are not just diligent just until we get what we want and then we stop. No, diligent has to be a way of life. Do you guys see that? Yeah. It has to be a way of life. I mean, it's one thing, you know, when you don't have a choice, when you have to work, you know, like a dog and just to provide food, just to have a place to stay. But what happens when you're not in that situation anymore? What happens when you have it a little easier now? Will you get lazy? 
we get complacent. And I think it says that in the NIV, right? The complacency of fools destroys them. And that's what we need to be on guard for is that we don't get complacent. That in our success and us being increased by the Lord and us getting uh, more opportunities that we don't get lazy. We must not get lazy. We must be diligent. Say, I'm diligent. I'm diligent. I'm not lazy. You know, I wholeheartedly believe that the Lord wants us to get to a place where, and I, and I said this before, I don't believe that we're supposed to be a slave to this world system, okay? But that doesn't mean we're not supposed to work and that we are not to be diligent in it. That does mean diligent is work and work is, God ide- is God's idea. That is his plan. That is his will. We're not supposed to be a slave to this world system and the fact that we don't have to toil the way the world does it. They're stressed out. They're working two and three jobs just to provide and to keep up with the trends and the fads. And they're, you know, backbiting and they're devouring and they're cheating and stealing to get ahead. And they're racking up credit card debt to get ahead, to have the things they want. That's not what God wants. That's being a slave to the world system. But that doesn't mean that work is still not required. Okay. Actually, in the Old Testament, and we know this in Genesis, in the second chapter, God put Adam and Eve in the garden to do what? To tend it and to keep it. You don't have to turn there. Genesis 2. Um, it says in verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Or some translations say to tend it and to keep it. Does that sound like it's going to take some work? That's work, right? To keep it, to tend to it, to dress it. That's going to take some work. And that means that you're going to have to be what? Diligent. You're going to have to be diligent. And that's why things turned out the way they were because that day he was not diligent that day he did not keep it if you're gonna if i give you something and i say keep this that means you need to be doing what you need to guard it protect it be diligent to watch over it and adam did not do it that day right so if he wasn't diligent he got lazy lazy means you another word for lazy is idle That means he was just, I don't know, sitting back looking and he just got idle. He didn't put any energy into stopping what was going on into stopping the serpent from coming in and talking. The moment he saw that, if he was diligent, he should have said, hey, 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 wait, what's going on here? No, get out of here. No, you're saying something different than what God said. I'm the protector over this. I got to keep this. That's my job. I'm going to be diligent at this. Right. And because he didn't do that that the the garden was lost, right? They got in a mess. Now, we're not judging him or anything like that, but we are explaining what happened so that we can see. Now, this is not for us to be in fear, okay? We're not supposed to be in fear. Oh, oh no, man, if I don't do all these things, oh, no, I'm going to lose it. No, we don't want to be in fear, but we do want to be aware, okay? We want to be aware. We want to know what is diligent and what is being lazy, All right. And we want to be able to identify them. We want to see the importance in it. All right. Um, Go to. uh, Well, no, just uh, 
We're going to go to Proverbs. So you guys can go to Proverbs, the 22nd chapter. Go to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. You know, being diligent is how we stay out of trouble. It's how we keep things that shouldn't happen out of our lives. Now, it, it keeps financial disasters away. If we're diligent with our finances, that's why, you know, we, we, we believe and are big believers in having a budget so you know what's coming up. You write the things down that you have coming up, that, are, that you, all your things that you have now, all your expenses, things that you have to pay on, things that you owe on, and then you write things that are coming up. You do that so things don't catch you off guard. You're diligent with that. And we're going to get into that. You're supposed to know the state of your flock. You're supposed to know what you have going on. All right. You're supposed to know those things. And when you're diligent in that, that can prevent some things from happening. Now, everybody can get anybody can get into a tough situation. But when it's a chronic thing, when it's a every year thing all the time, you are just chronically behind. You are just you are always, you know, late on stuff. You never are able to do the things that you're supposed to do. Then that means there's an issue there with some diligence. And you're not being diligent and you're being lazy in that area. Okay. And faith, faith is not careless. Faith is not just say, I'm just going to quote some scriptures and believe God and money's going to come in. No, that's being careless. Faith, you, you are diligent because you are in faith. You're expecting God to do some things. And so you are aware of what's going on. Faith is not just hiding its head in the sand like an ostrich and acting like you don't see it. No, when you are in faith and you're believing God, you believe in God to help you and to bless you, to prosper you, to provide your needs, you're going to be diligent. You're knowing what needs you have that he's going to provide. Okay? You have to be diligent, you know, and I know we have a generation of lazy people. You know, man, this time is flying. We have a generation of lazy people though. We really do. I mean, we have a generation of people that are allergic to work. <laughs> you guys know, we, there's a generation of people there are allergic to work. I mean, you have young people, teenagers that they'll stay in their house. I mean, there's even grown adults to do this. They'll stay in their house, play video games all day. Adults, young adults that live in their parents' basement, play video games all day, on the phone all day, social media, taking selfies, and their dad works all day, comes home, and he cuts the grass while their teenage son is playing video games. Now, that's, that's ignorant, right? That's foolish. That's being a fool to let your kids do that. Or the mom, she's, maybe she worked, or even if she didn't work, stays at home and she cooks or the dad cooks, because nowadays, you know, husbands cook too and wives cook too. It's not just one mom or, or you know. But, um, the, you know, you have the kids just playing on their phones, doing video games every day, never contributing. Well, that's not right. That's wrong, and that's being lazy, and they're training their kids to fail. They're training their children for failure. They are, you know, oh, well, the kids, let them be young and just let them play video games and let them, you know, watch cartoons because when they get old, they'll be working all their days. Of life. Yeah. And you're teaching them that their priorities, you're teaching them wrong priorities. It should be that you teach them you work first 
Then after you work, then you can do your entertainment. Then you can relax. But this is first. You don't relax and enjoy everything and then try to do a couple of things. No, you work first. You guys see that? You work first. That, that has to come first. And parents, they're making a big mistake by babying their kids, by hand-holding them and never demanding them to do anything, never requiring them to do their chores. And then when they give them chores, make sure they're following through. They're, they're not being diligent in that area as a leader. And they're setting their kids up to fail, especially the, ki- the older kids get. You know, I can understand when you got little toddlers, but they even should be trained as well, too. But though, especially the older kids get, they need to be trained. They need to be taught how to be diligent because if we care for them and we love them, we want to see them successful, right? We want to see them succeed, right? We don't want them to be lazy. We want them to be successful in life. And that's why we have a generation of people right now that are lazy. They don't want to work. They're supposed to be working. All right. And they, and then they use all kinds of excuses too why they can't work. You know, there's people that they will use any, any sickness, any ailment. Oh, my back is, is sore. You know, oh, my toe is sore. My finger is sore. You know, I got a stomach ache. I can't work today. I can't do that. And the thing is, is what people don't realize is that if you are in faith, you're a Christian, you're believing God to heal you, you cannot use your physical issue as an excuse to get out of something you don't want to do. I mean, people are well able to do all their fun stuff. They're well able to do all their activities. But when it comes to some work and some labor, oh man, you know, my foot, it's kind of sore, you know, and oh, my back, you know, I kind of hurt it, you know, and, and they always got something. If you're believing God, you can't yield to that. You can't be using that as an excuse because you're not going to get healed. That's not faith. To, to, to pretend that, what the, that something of the devil is there preventing you from doing something. I don't know if I said that right. But sickness is of the devil. To pretend you have something from the devil just to get out of something you're supposed to be doing, that's not okay. And we need to know that. We need to understand that. And young kids need to understand that too. That you don't not go to school and miss a test because... You have some made up sickness or something or made up illness. No, get to it. Be diligent. I mean, if they really have something, of course, if there's really something going on, but sometimes we need to identify, is this just an excuse or is this something that is, you know, for real and serious? Okay. Well, because we don't want to train ourselves to be people that are not diligent. Work is God's idea. Okay. Let's say that work. Is God's idea. idea. Jesus said this. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And John 9, 4, he said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. I mean, Jesus told parables, a parable about the workers in the vineyard. And so we need work is God's plan. Okay. Everybody's supposed to be working. Everybody, everybody, mom, dad, children, you know, we're supposed to be working. We're supposed to be occupied doing something. Now, everybody's work is not the same. We're not saying that everybody needs to be outside with shovels, digging ditches, 
you know, or that some people's work is at home. Some people's work is in the office at a desk, but it's still work. Everybody should be occupied doing something. And even the Bible talks about laboring in prayer. That's work. Did you guys know that prayer is work? I mean, if you tried to pray for an hour, you know that that's work. (laughs) That's just not something your flesh is glad to do. It's work. The Bible talks about uh, ministering, ministers laboring in the word of God. So all of us have our work. All of us have things that we're supposed to be occupying and doing. Okay. But the nature of the flesh is to be lazy, is to be lazy, is to procrastinate, is to put things off. And you know what happens when you procrastinate today's things? Today's things become tomorrow's things, right? But tomorrow, you have things that need to be done as well, right? And then new things come up, new issues come up that you didn't plan for. And so what happens? You, you procrastinated yesterday's things, and now today's things are still there, and you feel overwhelmed, right? It's, it's all piling up. I just feel overwhelmed. Well, that's because we didn't do yesterday's things yesterday, And if we would have took care of yesterday's things, we'd have the strength and the energy and the focus to do today's things, right? That's how, you know, clothes are all over the floor. That's how dishes get piled up. And that's how cars full of junk and and never wash because we're not being diligent. We we weren't uh, being diligent and things mounted up, things got out of hand and we procrastinated. And, you know, you can't, even if you think, well, I'm going to relax, I'm going to rest, you know, you really can't rest when you have a lot of things going on in your mind. When you have a lot of things in the back of your mind that you know you're supposed to do, you're not getting rest. Even though you may be laying down watching TV, and don't get me wrong, there is a time to rest. I'm not saying 24-7 we're supposed to be marching and putting our hand to the plow, sweating and, and working so hard we don't even get a chance to breathe. I'm not saying that. But there's a time to work and there's a time to rest. And you can be resting for the 20th time in the day and knowing that you got a bunch of things to do. And you could be resting and you could get up from your nap and realize, man, I don't feel any better. Why? Because even though your body might have been trying to rest, your mind is going. Your mind is going. And it's, you're feeling overwhelmed because you know you can't really enjoy your rest when you got all these things going on that you know you're supposed to do. That's why we have a, a culture that is chronically fatigued. You guys realize that? We have a culture that is chronically fatigued. People are constantly tired. And one of the main things is not doing the things that they're supposed to do. And social media contributes to that big time because people are looking at other people's fake lives, their pretend lives on social media. They're seeing people all having fun, relaxing. And so they're trying to duplicate that. They're trying to have that. They're uh, trying to do that. And while they're trying to do other people's lives, they're not doing their things. While they're trying to, you know, do these things that are not real, they're not doing their things. You know, and you know, that's true. Think about it. How many times have you said, have you seen, man, they're getting paid. They get to do that. That's their job. They don't get to do nothing. They just relax all day and not do nothing. Well, that's not good. That's lazy. And we don't want to develop that mindset. We're, we're supposed to work until we get out of here. Now, we may retire from an occupation. We may ch- change occupations, but for the kingdom of God, we're supposed to still be working. 
we're supposed to be doing something. We never want to get in. Man, it'd be nice to just lay around all day and drink iced tea at the beach. No, that may be something you can do a couple times a year as far as a couple weeks vacation or something like that. That's not something that's supposed to be your lifestyle. We're supposed to be after. We're supposed to be diligently doing something. Okay, <laughs> this okay so far? Go to your Proverbs twenty-two. Yes. Now again, don't let's don't feel bad. Don't feel condemned. We all have been lazy in areas, right? But I'm seeing more and more why this is important. We've all been lazy at times, and we have yielded to the flesh. But that doesn't mean we have to stay lazy, right? We don't just say, man, I'm, I guess I'm just lazy. I don't have that personality trait to be. Di-. No, you can be diligent. OK, just because you have been a certain way doesn't mean you have to stay a certain way. All right. And plus, the Bible says he is working in us both to will and to do the things that please him. I mean, you know, diligence pleases him. So the Lord's working in every single one of us. OK, so this is no condemnation, but we need to understand what it looks like. All right. We need to understand what diligence and what lazy looks like. Proverbs chapter 22. We're going to get into some practical things. Now, Proverbs has a lot of wisdom. You guys know that you're reading your chapters, Proverbs every day. Proverbs has a lot of wisdom. Proverbs says that wisdom is better than gold. It's better than rubies and anything that can be desired doesn't compare to wisdom. All right, so we want to get wisdom. What, what does the proverb say? And we're going to get into a lot of scriptures. And now all these things in the Bible are applicable to our lives, okay? So when we read this, we're going to apply it to our lives. You're in Proverbs 22, verse 13. Verse 13. It says, the lazy man says, there is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Now, <laughs> think about what's going on. And this is purposely written this way, okay? This is an absurd excuse that a lazy person would give. He's saying, in the streets, there's a lion out there. Are lions in the streets? No, lions are in where? They're in mountains and woods, jungles. They're not in the streets. They're not in the place where you go to work. But he's saying there's a lion out there. I, I can't go out there. I might be slain. I don't want to go to work. And we today, you know, well, we don't live in places where there's lions just roaming around. But let's just say for our, our benefit, our an example for us, we live in Florida. We say, man, there's some gators out there. You know, those swamps a few miles down. I don't know. I, I can't go to work, man. One of those gators might get out, might kill me. I'll be slain. You see that? That's exactly what's going on right here. And you see, this is the absurdity of, uh, of a lazy man and their excuses. They are willing to make any type of excuse to get out of work. And they will try to convince you that their excuse is valid. They want you to agree with them like, yeah, you're right, man. It's dangerous world out there. We shouldn't go to work today. Let's just stay in, man. We don't want them lions to get us and gators. And so what they do is lay back down and go to bed. Yeah, there's gators, man, and there's lions out there. And this is such a common excuse amongst lazy people that the Proverbs mentions it more than one time. Go to the 26th chapter, the 26th chapter. <laughs> 
the 26th chapter, and it gives even more description this time about it. The 26th chapter, 13 verse, it says the lion, the lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. And he says, as a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. So now get this picture. The, you, you guys seen, you guys know what a door looks like on the hinge, right? On its hinges. It's not, it stays basically in one place. It moves back and forth, but it never moves anywhere else, right? It just moves, swings back and forth on the door, but it stays there. It stays on the hinges. And this is the lazy man. He's laying down. You say, hey, it's time to get up, man. It's time to, hey, your alarm went off hours ago. It's time to get up, get to work. Yeah, man, there's a lion out there, bro. I, can't, I ain't going to work today, man. And then what does he do? Just like the hinge moves, he just flips over on the other side. I'm going back to bed, man. It's, it's a dangerous world out there, man. There's pollution out there, and I might catch a disease. Uh, yeah, I'm going back to bed, you know. I don't want to get, get, you know, die. I don't want to get s- something happen to me. See, he's using this fear as an excuse to get out of working. You, you guys see that? <laughs> he's using he's like yeah i know i know the lions are way in the mountains and they're not even on the way to work but you know one of them might escape and we can't take any chances so i just better stay home and yeah i heard about those burglars man they've been breaking into people's houses in this neighborhood yeah but you tell yeah they, you get they caught them like a few months ago though they're in jail now yeah but you know i gotta stay here and protect the house you never know when more burglars will come so I can't I'm just stay here in the bed and flip back over and go to sleep. This, and you think, man, there's nobody that lazy. Oh, yeah, there's people lazy like that. There's people, there are people that are that lazy. But this is, don't look at this and say, hey, man, I'm not that lazy. There have been times where we have done things similar to this, where we've kept saying, no, 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 I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to take care of that. I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. But there are people that lazy. <laughs> there, there is, and I don't want to get into it, you know, but there is. There's people that lazy. I mean, there's episodes on people that they've gotten way out of shape and in bad condition because of not getting out of the bed. And you see the next verse, it says, the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. You see, now get the picture. This the lazy man. He's saying, man, I ain't going to work. There's trouble out there. Lions in the street. You know, I'm afraid. I don't want to die. I'll be slain. But, you know, you convinced him, you know, sit up a little bit, man. If you don't eat, you're going to starve. All right. You know, he sits up in the bed. You bring him some bowl of fruit or whatever. And say, here, man, you need to eat this so you don't starve. He puts his hand in the bowl. And oh, man, it's just so comfortable. This position, I don't even want to exert the energy. I don't even want to use any energy to bring my hand to my mouth again. Do you guys see that? It wearies him. He don't even want to put any effort, put any energy to taking his hand out of the bowl and bringing it to his mouth. Now, that's lazy, right? He don't even want to feed himself. He would rather starve. uh, He would rather starve to death because he'd rather be comfortable. You guys see that? He'd rather be so comfortable that he'll just starve. Now, you may think like, 
man, I wouldn't do that. Well, this has spiritual application as well. Some people may be diligent to feed themselves physically and naturally, but they've been lazy when it comes to feeding themselves spiritually. You know, you can starve spiritually as well. And so this has both spiritual and natural application. Do you guys see that? You can be, we can be lazy and we have to, we have to sometimes look ourselves in the mirror and say, stop being lazy, get up. It's time to do this. It's time to get after it. Okay. And now we're particularly focusing on the natural part right here, but laziness can creep up on a person. It's a gradual thing. Nobody is just born. You came out. That's a lazy baby. No, you don't just come out lazy. Lazy is something that you develop. It's a gradual thing. You keep procrastinating and you keep putting things off. And pretty soon what happens? It becomes easier to put something off and you put this off, you know, for a week and I'll get to it next week. And you put that off. And then pretty soon you've been putting things off for weeks and months and years and you just become lazy. And that's how people get to the place where they are homeless. They don't have a place to live. They don't have work is because of not being diligent. I'm talking about people that had opportunities, that jobs were in. Now, anybody can get in a bad situation. All of us can get in. So we're not judging people, but you know, and I know that there are people that had opportunities. They had jobs presented to them, but they just were too lazy to do them. They just said, no, I'm not going to do them. And that's why you have a lot of people still on welfare and still on disability. I'm talking about people that are capable and are able to work, but they're just refusing to work. And they've had a lot of opportunities, but they don't want to. I mean, we saw that during COVID, right? We saw that people, they, they were able to work, but the government is taking care of them. The government is paying for them. And because of that, they just got comfortable. They got lazy and they just rather stay home and do nothing. And that is how, too, that people... Um, get into this pattern. That's how countries get into socialism because they're not diligent and the country is just taking care of them, doing everything for them. And what happens? People have no incentive to do anything. People have no uh, incentive to get up and go after a vision, to go after and pursue something. And they just get lazy and comfortable. That's why that stuff is not of God. It's not of God. It's of the enemy. Do you guys see that? The enemy wants us to be lazy. The enemy doesn't want us going after things. He wants us just laying around and not doing nothing. He doesn't want us trying to get to work and advancing the kingdom of God. He doesn't want us working diligently at our job so that we can have seed to advance the church. He wants us to be lazy and he wants us to have no zeal, no energy, no passion for anything. That's his plan. And so we have to realize that when the flesh is wanting to just lay around and to not put energy into anything, okay, wait a minute. I need to be doing something right now. I need to get up. Yeah, there's, a, again, there is a time to work, but there's a time to get after it. Verse 16, let's finish this. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. So you can tell this man, man, you know, there's no, been no lions in this area for years, man, for hundreds of years. There hasn't been any wild beasts or anything. Yeah, but, you know, I saw on the news the other day that this lion escaped from the zoo and killed three people. 
So that could happen to me. You know, they always have an excuse. They always have a reason. You, it doesn't matter what you tell them, lazy people always are the exception, <laughs> right? And their situations are always the exception why they can't do something. You tell them, yeah, I knew somebody that, uh, you know, they came from a rough background. They came from p- poverty. Actually, man, they are, they are crippled. And look at the success they had. Look at the work they've done. Look what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah, but that person probably had people helping them. And I don't have nobody. They always have an excuse. You guys see that? The lazy person. You, you, can be the, you can have all these men counseling them, but they always have a reason why these wise men are not as smart as themselves. <laughs> it's not as smart as the lazy individual. <laughs> you guys see that? <laughs> Think about this. To a lazy person, the lying in the streets is a fear that is logical for them to just stay in and never come out. To the lazy person, putting their hand in the bowl and not bringing it out is exerting too much energy for them. And they don't want to exert energy and they don't want to give effort because what if they do it and they fail? See, but diligent people, they see a problem as a challenge to overcome. Guys, see that? Diligent people see adversity as something they just need to give a little bit more effort to. Diligent people see a lion as a fear they're going to conquer. They're not going to let it hold them back. You ever heard the, the uh, model or the phrase, when the going gets tough, the tough what? They get going. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. That's not the motto of a lazy person, though. <laughs> when the going gets tough for a lazy person, the lazy person gets out of there. The lazy person looks for something that's easier to do. The lazy person looks for work that is easier on them. They look for something that they can just do with very little effort. Say, that's not me. That's not, me. not me. They look for a reason to cancel their plan and to quit. That's what lazy people do. But diligent people are looking for things to conquer. Diligent people are looking for things to overcome. They're looking for things that they can exert and give faith to. You know, the first uh, generation of Israelites, some of them, well, actually all of them besides two in that first generation were lazy and not diligent because they saw lions in the street. You know, when they went and spied out the land, what did they see? Giants, fortified walls. And they got afraid and they saw it as a reason not to go in and take the land. They saw it as a reason why they can just stay back and not do nothing. But the diligent ones, those that had the spirit of faith. See, when you have the spirit of faith, you're diligent. You're looking for something to conquer. You're looking for something that you can give effort to. You're looking for something that you can have some faith and show and, and, and see God move and see God show up. You're looking for something to put your hand to. The diligent ones were like fortified walls, giants. We don't look like grasshoppers. No, it's something we're going to conquer. It's something we're going to overcome. Yeah, we're going to have to give some energy. Yeah, we're going to have to give some effort. Yeah, it's going to require some work, but we're ready. We're able to do it. The lazy people, the ones that aren't diligent, they're like, oh, no, we're done believing God. It's going to be too much, too much. We just won't be able to handle this. But diligent people are ready to go after it. They're ready to go and get what God has for them. Do you guys see that? 
Let's, uh, man, time is going by so fast. Go to Matthew chapter 25. I want to finish this up. We okay? You guys good? Matthew chapter 25. We'll, we'll finish here. You see, lazy people, they know the things that they want. They know what they want in life. They know they want the good things. They know they want the land flowing with milk and honey. They know they want the blessings of God. They want it just like you do, just like everybody else. But the difference is the lazy person is not willing to do anything to get it. <laughs> they want it. They see it. But I don't have the strength to go do it. I'm just going to stay here, lay in the bed, flip over a few more times. Matthew chapter 25. And you guys have heard this before. It's a parable um, of the talents. Verse 14, I'm reading it from the NIV. And it says, again, I will, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag, and each according to his ability. So he gave them according to their what? Ability. So that means they're able to do it. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gave five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five master. Other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Now, did this servant, let's just stop here real quick. Did this servant have some type of special inside knowledge about how the master is or was compared to the rest of those guys, to the rest of the servants? He said, I know that you're a hard man. And how did he know this? Why does he somehow know this and they don't? And if they did know this, it didn't stop them. It didn't prevent them from getting up and getting after it, right? Do you see this? This is a fear. He's trying to use this fear. Sounds like the lion in the streets, right? He's trying to use this fear to say, I I knew that you were like this. And so I just hid it and I dug it in in a hole in the ground. So you got to be careful for people that always have some special knowledge or understanding of God that you don't have. They try to say, well, me and God, we... We're cool. We, he knows my heart. You know, we have a different relationship and God knows what I'm going through. And he, he knows, yeah, he knows you're being lazy and he knows you're not being diligent. 
You know, if people try to make excuses, I know that you're like this God and God knows this about me. No, you're just being lazy. Okay. And the master, I mean, it says that he knew which he, he gave them according to their ability. Verse 26, let's finish. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Did he congratulate him? Say, yeah, you're right, man. I'm mean and you should be afraid and have just stayed in the bed. That was wise for you not to do anything, but just hit, hide it in the ground. No, he said, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew. Now, as we're reading this, this is talking about how the kingdom of God works. Okay, so remember that. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, now that's serious. Now, verse 29, where you take away from the one who has just one and you give it to the guy with 10. People don't like that. People don't like that. Wait a minute. You taking the, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. They, they don't like that. But what was the reason? Because he was lazy. And the man with 10, he was what? Diligent. Why should the lazy man keep his when he's not going to do anything with it? So give it to somebody who's going to be diligent. So people say, yeah, the poor just keep getting poor and the rich keep getting richer. Yeah, could it be because the rich are being diligent and the poor aren't doing nothing and they're being lazy? Now, again, there's always exceptions. You have to always say that because people will hear one thing and they think that you're trying to say we shouldn't help the poor or that we shouldn't be, you know, do help the needy, help the homeless people that have gotten on hard times. I'm all for that. Okay. But they also need to look at why are they in that situation? Why some of them are in this situation? We know there's hard things and challenges that can come up, but why are people chronically year after year, decade after decade in those situations. You guys see that. So people don't like, though, when you try to say this to them, when you try to explain this to them, because they're wiser than the seven wise men. They know more, and they are the exception. Their situation is always the exception. Okay? Say, I'm not lazy. I'm, not lazy. I'm, diligent. I'm diligent. When the Lord asks me to do something, I get after it. I do it with zeal, with passion, and I don't make excuses. I get after it. Now, you, you know you can go on the other side and be a workaholic and work 20, you know, 12, 18 hours, I should say. You can work all day and never rest and just live that way and burn yourself out and die early because you've exhausted yourself. And that's not wise either. Okay, that's not faith either. That's not good either. But there is a time to rest, but there's a time to get after it. But do you see how much diligence is important? Do you see how much diligence has to do with you, your hope being fulfilled, the things that you are believing for to come to pass? Do you see how important that is? 
that we cannot be lazy, that we don't have time to be lazy. We're here to complete a mission. We're here to complete a job. And what happens, though, when we're not lazy? Let's just finish this up. Um, well, we'll read it again. He said this to, to the first one who turned the five bags into 10. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Who wants to hear that? Don't you want to hear from the Lord, well done, a good and faithful servant? Don't you want to hear when you get to stand before the Lord? He says, man, you did what I told you to do. You took that. You were diligent with it. You were faithful with it. Well done, you good and faithful servant. There is rewards for being diligent. You see that? There is rewards for being diligent, for giving effort, for bringing your passion and not being lazy. And we're going to be diligent. Amen. We're on our way to being diligent and more diligent than we ever have been. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand up with me. Amen. Diligent people get the rewards. We're going to get our rewards. We're not going to leave any rewards for anybody else. We're not going to have the Lord take from us and give it to somebody else who will be diligent. We're going to be diligent with what he has given us. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hands. Thank you, Father God, for your word. Thank you for your truth that sets us free. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We love you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for your word, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We hope this message has encouraged you today. For more information on our ministry or to donate, visit onewayministries.net.